2: welcome to the show to the history mix (laughs) um i just got back from uh the broadway musical six and i loved it and that is the only line that i can remember the words to um i also sound like a uh frog like a drunk frog because i one was cheering the whole time so for like an hour and a half i was cheering because the show was so good But also because I definitely am a bit under the weather. I think that as a result of traveling the last little while and getting back and, you know, my friends were also sick when we were in Argentina, so I maybe caught a little bit of that bug. So I'm definitely not on my A-game health-wise, but you know what? We are here. We are thriving And we have a flight in six hours. Um, so yeah, I have like a 6 a.m. flight that I'm emotionally preparing for, but I needed to sit down and catch up with y'all because as you know, like I'm really trying to be better about turning my podcast episodes in on time, not just for y'all. I mean, I love y'all. I love, I love this listenership to my core. But also because like I signed up to do this podcast because I wanted to be accountable to having this like structured time to sit down and just reflect, to close my eyes and speak from the heart in an unscripted and very honest way. And I feel like it's a bit of a red flag in my mental health journey when I skip that because I think it's one of the first things to go when I'm like overwhelmed and I, I, you know, I of course, like when you're overwhelmed, I think that it's important to take a step back and, you know, create space for yourself. But this is something that I want to make space for because it is one of the parts of my work life purpose that is about reflection and like grounding myself in my feelings and in my values. So I'm here. I'm congested. And I sorry I'm sorry I sound like this but you know what I'm hyped off of the energy of what I witnessed um at the 6 Broadway musical and we have a lot to talk about because I not only had a psychiatrist appointment today that was uh gave me some revelations to think about but I also had a therapy appointment and I also am kicking off with an executive coach so you know I really had like a day of I feel like leveling up my self-awareness self-care game. Anyways, so I know I've vented a bunch of times before on this podcast about like the American psychiatric system and just like how I, in my own personal experience, speaking from, you know, only my experience, I just feel like meds are really pushed onto me. But I know that many other people feel this way where I just keep having these fucking sessions where I go in, they ask me questions, a lot of the questions being like, have you felt sad? Have you felt anxious? And of course I'm like, yes, because I always feel anxious. And like, have you felt like your heart is beating fast? Yes. Have you had any stress that you're a failure? Yes. We're like, of course, these are hard things. And like, I know I'm an anxious and depressed person. But to me, it doesn't feel out of the ordinary. And it doesn't feel like necessarily a reason to like, go up in my dosage or fill my body with more medication. And so anyways, I had another psychiatrist appointment today. And Once again, she asked me these questions, and I responded honestly about how I've been feeling. I've honestly been feeling like I'm doing a lot better, like I've been climbing out of this depressive episode. But I think just in the way that maybe the system or maybe the way that she or her practice works is like, I just got to the end of the session where she was like, okay, well, given that you have been feeling anxious, like, let's increase your dosage 25 milligrams. And again, there's nothing wrong with being on medication. Like I'm very happy and grateful to be on medication and to be able to have access to that. I think my issue more with it is that like, it just feels like I'm on this train that has put me on a path to be on medication for the rest of my life. And the more I learn about like how we're put on medication for mental health, it feels like I'm just putting on a lot of band-aids rather than like really just forcing myself to maybe not forcing because that's more of a violent word but like pushing myself to just really address the problem at the root cause of all of this anxiety and like the more I learn about like for example like I'm on Zoloft right and I I was at 250 milligrams and I went down to 50 and now I'm back at I was at 100 125 at the next session 150 now I'm at 175 like I just keep going in my medication dosage and again nothing wrong with that but it just feels like I'm on this train where I'm signing up to have these monthly appointments and at each appointment, because I've had some ounce of regular anxiety and depression, I just get my dosage increased. And then at a certain point, um, a lot of these medications, Zoloft included, they cap out. So it caps out at like, I think, 250 milligrams. And then basically your psychiatrist just chooses another medication for you to try out. And I remember being in rehab and like being surrounded by some of the other patients there who were like in their 50s and their 60s and at dinner we would all be given our medication and just talking to people we would talk very openly about the medication that we were on and what our psychiatrists were putting us on and I would basically just kind of hear their stories of how they spent decades on certain medication now they've been trying all of these new ones and they're on lithium and like a whole other list of them And again, nothing wrong with that, but I just, I feel like I have this, my own internal frustration where it's like, how is, I'm trying to tell you as a psychiatrist that like, even though I'm anxious and I have moments of depression every day, I feel like I'm doing okay. And I feel like I'm doing better and I'm making progress. So, you know, of course I want to listen to and respect the medical professionals and that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm just expressing like my personal frustration with the fact that it feels like, I'm because I'm not perfectly numb and because I don't I have emotions and I'm having this daily anxiety I'm being fed the answer that oh let's just increase your dosage until you're capped out at this one and then switch you to a new one anyways so that was my psychiatrist appointment and I definitely came out of it frustrated and am I going to like take the new dosage yes because I still feel like I I recognize like of course I'm not a medical professional I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of like you know, a lot of this medication, I'm not going to diagnose myself, but I have been expressing a lot of this frustration, like to the therapist that I'm working with. And it's something that I think about a lot because it's, it's, again, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but my boyfriend um, is, you know, comes from a different country where there isn't this culture of prescribing medication so easily. And also I grew up in a family that was very anti-medication as well. Which is why, for me, this journey with antidepressants and medication for my mental health has been so recent. So I have this I have this psychiatrist appointment, and then a few hours later, I have a therapy appointment. And I go into my therapist's office. Of course, I'm like, I'm just peeved about the, honestly, like not even, I'm not angry or anything at my my psychiatrist. I actually really like her. I think she's a wonderful woman. It was more that I was frustrated with this system overall and just feeling like, I am expected to be numb and emotionless and I'm trying to be honest about the way I'm feeling and the answer I'm just getting is like more and more medication. So I talked to my therapist about it for a while and, um, you know, of course, like, you know, she's very much respecting the professional opinion of my psychiatrist and being super professional about it, but she also understands like where I'm coming from because I think I've expressed my, my desire to hopefully get to a point where I'm not in a space where I'm reliant on medication. I don't have any judgment towards people who might be, and I know that for many people and, you know, she kind of she kind of suggested that I prepare myself to maybe have a lifetime of medication and know that there's nothing wrong with it. But you know so we talked about it for a while and we of course started to go through like okay well what are those ptsd complex ptsd symptoms or experiences that i'm still having and um i was trying to express to her like you know one of the things that my psychiatrist really had issues with is the fact that i wake up still in kind of like an anxious state where like i wake up and i'm not like calm let's get ready for the world and for the day But I more so like wake up drenched in sweat from whatever stressful dreams I had that I can or cannot remember. And I have this anxiety over like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do today. Or I feel like there's so much that I want to do that I don't have time for or the energy for. And so I was expressing all of this to her and we kind of got into the topic of sleep. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I love my sleep. And it hasn't always been that way because I... I'm a recovering insomniac and I used to not sleep at all. I would be lucky if I slept like two to three hours a night. But lately, post-treatment and all of that, I'm all about my sleep. Like, I want to sleep eight to ten hours a night. If I sleep 12 hours in the night, like, I'm so proud of myself. I'm so excited about it. And I think that it's been so liberating to, like, really reconnect with the person inside of me that just wants to sleep all day Um, and also acknowledge that, like, I have grown up in a world that conditions me to think of like rest and sleep as a waste of time. And I feel like it's honestly a huge win and sign of progress on my part that I am kind of at the opposite side of that now where I'm just like so excited about sleeping a lot.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.
2: Um so anyways, we got into the topic of, you know, kind of how my sleep has been recently. Um and I was telling her about kind of these re- re- recurring dreams that I have. And I was sharing with her like I still have some trouble going to sleep. It's not as bad as it used to be. It maybe takes me like an hour to 3 hours to fall asleep. Um less if I'm listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks. But I was sharing with her that like for so many years what the thoughts that i would have when i was going to sleep were really terrifying they were like bad flashbacks and then when i got into more of my career and my career started to be more more stressful i replaced those flashbacks more with just work stress like going through my to-do list or my calendar for the next day worried about what i have to do and all of that and then from there i just kind of went to sleep or would fall asleep or conk out like after I had an hour so like planning my day in my head or trying to build a strategy for whatever I was working on or dreaming up a new company or like a brand book in my mind and so I feel like I kind of distracted myself from that where some therapists or like specialists I remember seeing were like you're a workaholic and like that's the issue the root of the issue is that you're a workaholic But I do think like the more and more I reflect on it and the more I like read through my old journals and my old diaries, it really feels like, no, I wasn't a workaholic for the sake of being a workaholic. But like the root of that issue was that I was distracting myself from like these deeper traumatic things that I was trying not to think about. And it does feel like progress that I don't have those flashbacks as much. And I feel like through a lot of the therapy that I've done, I've almost become like, more desensitized to it where I don't have like I can think about the traumatic things that have happened and I don't have a panic attack. I'm more just like, "Oh yeah, like that happened. Like that sucks, but like, damn, like, you know, I'm past that." Like I feel like I have been more desensitized to it. But I was telling my therapist actually about these recurring dreams that I I've been having for the last few years and I still have. And you know, again, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like I have these reoccurring dreams that feel so lucid and so real where like so real to the fact that like sometimes when i wake up in the morning i have to check my calendar to make sure that like i'm aware that not a lot of time has passed and i've just been sleeping and whatever happened in the dream didn't actually happen and it sounds so i don't want to say stupid but it sounds like uneventful or not terrifying when i say it out loud but like in the dream it's very terrifying So basically, I have these reoccurring dreams where, like, it's normal life, everyday life. I could be riding the subway. I could be, like, going for a walk. I could be, like, telling Henry that I'm going to go to the bathroom. I could be, like, going to empty the dishwasher. Like, I'm doing something very normal, like, not a big fantastical dream. And in the dream, at some point, I bend down to grab something. I either bend down, like, I bend my knees and I bend down to, like, pick something up or I bend down um, because I was, like, sitting and I'm trying to get up and my legs just don't work like i'm stuck squatting on the ground and no matter what i do no matter what how much i like push and feel like my muscles igniting my body is just heavy and i'm fully alert i'm fully awake but i cannot move and then for like the rest of the dream i'm like maybe stuck in the same place like if i'm on a hike i'm in that on that hike and i'm stuck in the same place kind of trying to not to freak out and I can't move and nobody's coming to get me and I'm like trying to brainstorm like how I'm going to get off this hike or you know if I'm in the house like I'm stuck in that position and I'm like calling for Henry I'm like waiting for Henry he eventually has to pick me up or I have these dreams where I'm just like grabbing onto things trying to like push myself up basically like the premise of the dream and I cannot explain where it comes from and maybe there's like a dream expert who's listening to this podcast but like TLDR, I'm, like, going about everyday life, and then out of nowhere, because I bent my knees, I'm suddenly, like, paralyzed from the waist down, and I can't move, and it's just, like, this fear, and interestingly enough, like, in those dreams, I never, like, break down crying, I never, like, have a panic attack in that moment, it's, like, this sudden, like, trying to talk myself out of panicking and being, like, okay, like, what do I do now, I have to, like, keep going on about my day, And like at some point I'll just wake up, but like I'll wake up and or the dream will stop and like I guess I'll keep sleeping until I wake up. But these are like such vivid dreams that like sometimes I wake up in real life, not in the dream. I wake up in real life and I like put my legs out of the bed And then I have this like maybe millisecond of a passing thought that like I'm gonna try to stand up and put my weight on my feet and I'm just gonna crumble. And like that concern is so real. I like can't I don't even know how to stress this to you more of like it feels so that concern feels so real that like when I stand up I feel like thankful slash surprised that I could stand up. And like, again, I just, I cannot explain where this dream comes from, but, like, it's such real anxiety, and, like, it's just a reoccurring dream, and, again, like, I try to explain it to my therapist, and I'm, like, I wake up in a ball, a puddle of sweat, like, my, the, my side of the mattress is truly disgusting, it's, like, sweat stained, and Henry's side is not, like, I started having those night sweats, like, honestly, like, a few years ago, and I... I, of course, outside of, like, the flashbacks and every now and then I'll have dreams of, like, someone murdering me or, like, something really bad like that or, you know, or getting canceled, you know, things like that. But, like, there's just this, like, reoccurring dream that I can't explain that happens so often. I've always had reoccurring dreams in my mind, most of them related to trauma. But, like, this one is, like, it's not related to trauma. Like, I've never had a broken bone. I've never been immobile. I've never... Um, I'm an able bodied person. I'm non disabled. And yet, this is like a reoccurring dream that like happens a lot. And like, I can't really explain it. Anyways, so that's my day. And it's been on my mind in the last few hours. But I do feel like I'm leveling up my self care situation. Like, I've been better about investing in like different things that make me really like pampered and make me feel like fancy, fancy, schmancy, treat yourself, you know vibes which I love like abundance mindset I got my hair done for the first time like a haircut for the first time in like two or three years that was great I got a facial I not only had therapy today I had my psychiatrist appointment my therapist and I'm lining up coaching like I feel like I'm at a place and like thankful for like the privilege of having the like material resources to afford this where I'm like investing in myself and like practicing that abundance mindset so like that's all good my therapist did recommend like if I am having this frustration with um all the like medication stuff to potentially explore ketamine infusion. Um, I only know ketamine as the horse tranquilizer party drug that makes everybody like trip out and hallucinate. I've never done it in a party recreational or in like a mental health professional sense. But she was telling me about it and was kind of telling me about clients who have had success with it. And Kind of talking about it being something that is allows yourself to address the root of the issue rather than like, you know, as an alternative to the you know more traditional westernized like antidepressant for your lifetime route. So this is kind of like a call out to anybody out there who either like knows anything about ketamine infusion or maybe you've done it. Like I'm really interested in have in like sharing notes about it, and I'm gonna like homework for myself and my to do list to like really look into ketamine infusion. And it it also kind of felt like a sign from the universe. Not that I'm like too woo-woo and believe in a lot of that, but I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about the like psychedelics being legalized for veterans with PTSD or like survivors with PTSD and like that being a really, really powerful way of rebuilding neural pathways. I'm not really sure about the scientific language about it. Anyways, something that I'm thinking about, something that's opening up for me and Yeah, that's just like my download of where I'm at right now. I need to go to sleep because I'm suppressing a cough right now. I know I sound so congested. So if you've made it this far on the podcast, thank you for listening. And uh, I got to go pack because I have a flight in a few hours, but um, I'm going to be sleeping before then. I'm going to sleep on the plane and I'm probably going to take a nap tomorrow afternoon. With that, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening and I will see you all next week. Bye, y'all.